The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 23 of the Great British Chiefs show with your boys from the kingdom, representing the kingdom, myself, Brad Simcox, a.k.a. the Brit Chief, and our headlines editor, Tom Childs. This week, Tom and I are breathing a sigh of relief after the Chiefs find themselves with another dub for the season as they beat the Philadelphia Eagles 42-30 in Philly. We also take a look at this week's Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings before we look ahead to week five as the Chiefs head back to Arrowhead to take on a Bills team looking for revenge. But first, the London games are back, mate. They're in your neck of the woods. They are, they are. Please don't call Tottenham my neck of the woods ever again. But they are, <laughs> um, they are, they are indeed back after a couple of years away. What better than to serve up the Atlanta Falcons versus the New York Jets to the London Ooh. crowd? You know, you wait two years and that's what you get. Um, but they are back. I shouldn't be ungrateful because there are many fans around the world that would be extremely grateful to have any form of NFL football played in their country, let alone twice a year. So I should I should be grateful. I am going to the game this Sunday. You are going, yes. Out of the Dolphins versus Jags or the Falcons versus the Jets. So they didn't really give us much to choose between, but I went yeah, I to Wilson and Carl Pitts. And I'm a little bit excited because the Jets actually turned up this weekend and won a game. And the Falcons have been inconsistent, but they've been in a couple of games as well. So I expect them both to put up points uh, this weekend. I'm so I'm, I'm actually kind of excited about it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. You actually said this is one of the games that you, well, out of the two games you wanted to go to, yeah. uh, you chose this one, didn't you? And I actually chose the other one. I, I thought, oh, no, I thought the other game would be a lot better, but you know, you seem to think that this one will be uh, a nice little game to watch. Yeah, I just can't get behind watching the Dolphins. Let alone the Jags. The Jags are bad, but it's just the Dolphins. I find the Dolphins one of the most boring football teams in the world. I always really? have done. Yeah, I just, don't, I just don't get. It. I just don't get to. Although he's not playing, I don't. Even more so, I don't want to watch Jacoby Brissett. So when it was like, oh, <laughs> out of the two games, I was like, well, this is easy. Zach Wilson at least has upside. Kyle Pitts at least has upsides. Matt Ryan on his day can be good. So it was an easy decision. I'm just kind of getting over the fact that the last NFL football game I went to was Super Bowl 54 in Miami. And the next yeah. football game I'm going to go to is the Jets versus Falcons. Talk about a come down. Mate, that, it doesn't get any, any better than that, really, does it? It's <laughs> <laughs> just, just going, just escalating in your world, that, mate, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. exactly. 
<laughs> oh man right well i'm not actually going to the london games this year sadly uh because i've got other things on but uh yeah i'm sure tom will represent whichever team where are you going to support a team when you're there or not yeah i normally go with the home team because they're the oh, team right. that have given up the game and this is an afc west team of course because like a couple of times the chargers and the, the raiders have given up home games to london i will never support them but <laughs> i normally go with the home team i actually i don't actually know who the home team is this weekend i think it might no. be the falcons but don't quote me on that so if it's the Falcons, I'll go with supporting the, the Falcons and I'll, I'll be loud on second and third down like I normally am for the Chiefs. More importantly, what jersey are you wearing? Oh, I might wear my Arrowhead Pride t-shirt and represent. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, apparently Dustin Colquitt's been signed to the Falcons practice squad oh, um, this week. Yeah, I saw that yesterday. So maybe, just maybe, I'll wear my Dust, Dustin Colquitt jersey to to Tottenham this weekend. That's not a bad idea, actually. Are you going to, are you going to shout at him as well or something if he gets on? <laughs> I'm, going to shout, I'm going to be in the top tier. What's, what, what could I possibly shout to Dustin Colquitt? Hi, Dustin. I once interviewed by email for Arrowheads Abroad back in 2013. Will you sign my breasts? <laughs> as he turns around and gives you a wink. <laughs> but you won't have seen it in the gods. <laughs> anyway, should we chat about the Chiefs versus Eagles, bud? Let's do it. Happy days. Let's do it. Happy days, yeah. Uh, first off, we've got to obviously congratulate Andy Reid. He returns to Philadelphia and reaches his 100th win milestone for the Chiefs mm-hmm. and becomes the only head coach in NFL history to win 100 games with two NFL teams. How poetic is that, that he actually got it at Philly as well? Uh- <laughs> Gonna be such a downer on this. I'm so Go sorry. On. Oh god. Oh god. I'm so sorry. Do you because they've included the playoffs in this, haven't they? They've in- yeah, they have, yeah. They have. And normally, like with all records, they never normally include playoffs. And do you reckon <laughs> they purposely included the playoffs for this just because they wanted it to happen in Philadelphia? Do you <laughs> that is such a glass Did Debbie half, Downer, you that is such a glass half empty kind of way to look at it. And I apologize. It's just you sitting there saying, Oh, it's poetic, but then I'm, I'm such Come a on, say, that, say, that, say the phrase, mate. Say that say your phrase, they're shoehorned it in. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm such a bad person for thinking that way, and I apologize to anyone that's all of a sudden had a moment of realization and I've just ruined their day. I apologize to anyone that thinks I wish this guy would just shut up and just enjoy the moment. And that's probably yeah. the way I should I should look at it. But yes, Brad, it is extremely poetic and not shoehorned in the slightest that they managed to manufacture Andy Reid's 100th win. <laughs> against the Philadelphia Eagles. Congratulations, Big Red. <laughs> you know what, mate? I'll tell you what, if Andy Reid's listening to this now, he's putting the cork back in the champagne and putting it back <laughs> just on Just saving ice. it. So if he's just, just minus it, all thinking... the playoff wins, are going to be wait for week 11. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to put that back on ice. <laughs> Tom, from, Tom from our head pride says that I can't, I can't celebrate it yet. <laughs> so just Debbie down on me, honestly. All right, what about this one then? What about this one? Also, during this game, we have Patrick Mahomes' first 50 starts. Now, I know there's been a lot going around about stats and things like that. And I picked up this, these few stats. His first 50 starts, passing yards, 15,370, first. Passing TDs, 128, first. Passer rating, 109.5, which is first. 
Nice. Ince thrown, 28, the fewest. That's mad. And wait, he's second in QB wins during that time. Uh, with Who, who's number wins. one? Uh, I didn't get that far. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one that sticks out to me is the interceptions. Because yeah. this guy was meant to come in and throw interceptions left, right and centre because of bad footwork and bad form <laughs> and everything. Do you remember this? I when remember. he got drafted and everyone said yeah. that he was going to be a turnover machine. And here yeah. he is with the greatest start to an NFL career ever in terms of interceptions not thrown. Like yeah. 28 interceptions, like, that's one every other game. That's not too bad, is it? Not really. He's averaging, uh, what, two and a half touchdowns a game? Yeah, he's he's pretty good, this guy. And um, yeah. long may it continue. I do have a question, though. Well, and I've included it in power rankings this week, actually. Like Justin Herbert's off to a pretty good start himself. And I, I yeah. am starting to wonder now, like how many early um, early Mahomes career records will Justin Her- Herbert break? Because I do think it's inevitable that he will break some. I mm. do think it's going to happen. Maybe not all of them. Certainly not wins. He won't break wins. But um, some of these some of these stats that Mahomes has managed to rack up, some of these records in his early career, I do feel like they are under threat quite quickly from the likes of Justin Herbert. Yeah, well, you could be right there. I mean, you know, Justin Herbert has been balling out recently as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he is legit. And I, I, I think it's fair to say that, sorry to sidetrack on this, on, onto the Chargers, but I think with our own eyes, we we're, it's exciting to think that we're, in the AFC West, we probably have probably one of the top two quarterbacks in the league, mm-hmm. playing in the same division, yeah. um, moving forward, it's going to be so tasty to watch these two fight it out. At yeah, every single you, year. You call it exciting. I just call it really annoying. Um, it is annoying. Yeah, it's that. Like, as well. Imagine, imagine if Manning and Brady was in the same division, like yeah, for all those yeah. years. How many rings would Brady have? How many like AFC titles would that Brady have? It just, yeah. it just wouldn't be the same. Like. Unfortunately, the Chargers are going to be a problem for Mahomes in terms of legacy because mm. and dynasty because they are going to be in the way. And Justin Herbert looks like he's more than up to the task of going head to head versus Patrick Mahomes. So it's going to come down to coaching and like GMs and stuff like how they build around those teams because any site advantage they can get through roster building is going to really benefit their quarterbacks. And I know this is a bigger conversation than what we were pre- meant to be talking about, but mm. Justin Herbert, man, like he. He looks the real deal. He really does. Yeah, definitely look great against the Raiders, for sure. Mm. Uh, it, it actually, I think a, a lot of the Raiders fans stood up and took notice of uh, Herbert this year as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah be definitely. Did you see, did you see Joey Bosa's to... quotes about Derek Carr? <laughs> yes, it was great, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Joey Bosa was basically, basically said everything that every Chiefs fan has always said about Derek Carr. Like, Derek Carr <laughs> crying under pressure is something that we've talked about consistently and Joey Bosa just had the balls to come out and say yeah this is it this is this is exactly what happens yeah yeah I've got the quote here apparently he said uh we knew once we hit him a few times he really gets shook and you saw on Covington's sack he was pretty much curling into a ball after before we got even got there <laughs> there's that there's that there's that picture going around, isn't there? Where he's literally like he could have run out of that. I'm sure he could have got, mm. got out of that pocket with unscathed. But as soon as he saw Covington coming towards him, he was like, "Oh no, I'm just gonna just curl up here." Yeah. He went like one of those armadillos, didn't he? Just curled up. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, it's 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 right. You know, the the Chargers definitely are one of those that's going to be a threat, I think, for the next few years. But mm-hmm. we're not here to talk about the Chargers, mate. We're not here to talk about the Chargers. Yeah. We're here to talk about the Eagles game. Let's talk about some of the key points out of it because um, I've got some key points down here which uh, I want to obviously go through with you and get your view on it as well because a lot that I, I always find a lot of the time I interpret the game different to you sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't um, noticed that at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm like, oh, no, he was good. No, he was crap bad. He was really crap. Um, defense. Let's start with the defense straight away because um, they seem, seem to be getting uh, getting their act together a little bit in the previous game. But again, we're at this, we're at this point of, of watching this defense. I don't know what it is. Again, it, it looks as like it's, it's miscommunication or they're not doing the basics right. There's no tackling involved. There's they're just there's just something missing that everybody's trying to give an answer for, mm-hmm. but nobody can actually give a solution for it. Yeah, they're just bad. Um, they're just bad, and, and and I'm sick of actually trying to find out what the solution is. Yeah, just embrace it now. Just just what is it they say? Uh-huh. Steer into the skid, isn't it? Is it steer, steer into the skid? Is that what it is? Um, uh, something like that. Yeah. Just, yeah like, just, just let it happen. Just yeah, let it just, happen. It, just accept it and just go all out on the offense. Like this defense is bad. Like people are turning around and saying, "Oh, it was." There's a plus side because the red zone defense was better on Sunday. The red zone red zone defense wasn't better. It's just no. the Eagles absolutely bottled it on Sunday yep. night. They put themselves in position to score more touchdowns than they actually got. Problem was they were very, very ill-disciplined and Nick Sirianni wasn't as gutsy as I thought he was going to be. After going for a game against the Cowboys saying, we're just going to try and fight fire with fire, abandon the run, throw, 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 really like really aggressive coaching. He plays the Chiefs, a team you have to be extremely aggressive against. And what does he do? He goes for field goals before from three. And it's just like, come on, like if I'm an Eagles fan, I think this was a game that got that they let slip away because I think yeah. the Chiefs were there to have to have because the Eagles were moving the ball at will. They really mm-hmm. were like they didn't. We didn't punt, nor did they. There was not, how many turnovers? We but I don't think we got a single turnover on defense, did we? So no, we didn't. No, no so exactly they did. So, they did. We got the internet interception, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. So like they they were in position to score points and they just bottled it themselves or they give away a stupid penalty. Yes, you can probably give the Chiefs credit a little bit of credit in terms of one defensive drive, but the the Eagles ended up scoring on that anyway. And that's I'm referring to the Ben Neiman one where he clearly got the fumble, but the, and he yeah. really didn't throw the challenge flag. So that was a positive play on the Chiefs defense front because that should have been a turnover. But situation happened how it did, and the Eagles end up scoring anyway. So for me. Was there an improvement on the defense? Probably not. Like we made J- Jalen Hurts look like a really good quarterback, and we yeah. know he's not a really good quarterback. He's a competent quarterback, but he's mm-hmm. not really good. He had a career game on Sunday night against yeah. the Chiefs. A career game, Jalen Hurts. Like that's not something to be proud of. If you're on the Chiefs defense, you're in that you're in that defensive film room this week, and you're like watching all these play where Jalen Hurts rips you apart. Jalen Hurts and Devontae <laughs> Smith, and Devontae Smith's had an okay season, but we made him look like the second coming of Megatron on Sunday night. Like, <laughs> c- come on, they, they, this this defense is. I'm I'm getting bored of talking about it, and we're going to continue to talk about it. And I am dreading what's going to happen this Sunday against the Bills. But right yeah. now, I just don't see what the fixes are. Is Willie Gay going to make the difference? Is Frank Clark going to make the difference? Like it's just they're just all over the shop. Miscommunications, non-tackle. It's just it's just a mess. It really is. It is a and mess. 
the sooner they get it sorted, the better. It is a long season. They have until January to sort it out. And we've seen it before where they've been bad and they've sorted it out come the end of the season, in the Super Bowl winning season, for example. But I I just don't have much faith in this unit, in these players to, to turn it around right now. I, I just, I think they're awful. I really do. Yeah. I saw a comment on social media about um, somebody had said every time the uh, Chiefs offense is on the field, I sit and watch it. But when the defense comes on, I switch on to the red zone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much all of us, mate. I think that's pretty much all of us what we do. Um, yeah, I almost, it, it's honestly, it's like yin and yang, isn't it? It's, it you watch really the offense, is. you think, this, look at this. This is so exciting. This offense is such an amazing offense. Yeah. It's a generational talent that we've got there. The offense is on pace oh. to be the greatest offense of all time in a single yes. season. That's yeah. how good they've been through this first four weeks. Yes, they've had turnover issues, but in terms of points scored and yards gained, they are on pace to be the greatest offense of all time. And yeah. now we've got on the other side of it a defense is making it like the was it the 2015 Saints, which were god awful under Rex Ryan, like or Rob Ryan, were making them yeah. look like a really good defense. It's just so bad, as you say, yin and yang. It, it could not be more opposite it's just so infuriating because you don't even need them to balance up for this team to be good you just need to the defense just to play its part just a little bit <laughs> at the moment it's just yeah, not. yeah. Uh, um <laughs> again seeing on social media all the comments that are coming out of uh of Chiefs kingdom at the moment and uh there was there was another one that actually said um it was a bad idea to uh to play a drinking game on missed tackles <laughs> <laughs> One Fournil had a bad missed tackle this week against uh, oh, Jason yeah. Hurts. He whiffed yeah. big time. And that's I know not Ben Neiman did as well, didn't he? Sorry, I think Ben, De- ben, ben Neiman did as well. I think they, they was, I think they handed it off to the running back. Uh, was it Sanders? Was it? Mm. Um, and he, it, he had him. He had him in his sights there, and he was lucky enough was Ben Neiman to actually have the backup from uh, the cornerbacks or the, the, the defensive backs behind mm. him to actually snuff that play out, but. He he whiffed on a on a tackle. I thought there. Ben Neiman had a good game. I'm not he had a good lie. game, but that I've, that one thing sticks out. <laughs> <laughs> out of all the out of all the linebackers, I think he was probably the best one. Like yeah. he certainly stuck out watching the game. Like he seemed to be around. Oh, he stuck out with that play. <laughs> <laughs> he seemed to be around the ball. It's just the rest of the guys. It's like Mike Hughes seemed to be getting dominated at will yeah. by the Eagles receivers. But apparently PFF ranked him. Like the best of all the Chiefs receivers. I don't get that. Uh, cornerbacks, I don't get that myself. DeAndre Baker yeah. tried stealing an interception. I suppose that's a plus side. Um, <laughs> yeah. But outside that, it just I, I just don't know where the turnovers or the splash plays from this defence are going to come from. Like If it's not coming from Tyron Matthew, who's going to make the splash plays right now? Well, this is the thing. I mean, we're, we're obviously mentioning now, we're going into this realm where um, we're looking at other areas of, the, of this defence, especially the defensive line. And, that, that question keeps coming up again all the time about is the Chris Jones project working? Is it, is it, is it time to think, do you know what? Let's cut our losses on this for a little bit and just mm-hmm. kick him back inside again. Um, and and, it, and I don't know, I know what you're going to say, because you're going to say, who do we replace him with? Exactly. And it's, oh, man, it's just so frustrating. If Frank Clark's that, not on the field, if, right, yeah. for example, Chris Jones doesn't play defensive end on Sunday, Mike Dana plays opposite him. Who plays the other side? Alex Okafor, who's yeah. just not playing very well. He's not very playing very smart either, like hitting Jalen Hurts out of bounds. Like, come on, that was that was stupid. But <laughs> if you do have like you have Alex Okafor and Mike Dana on the outside, then you've got Josh Kando backing them up. Like, 
it's just not good enough. Like if you, at least in the middle, you've got some form of depth there with Derek Niley, Jaron Reed, Turk Wharton, and Carlin Saunders. Like, it, like the drop off from there is a drop off, obviously, from Chris Jones, but the drop off from Chris Jones to Alex Okafor or Josh Kando is at defensive end is is huge. And until Frank Clark is back and back in the lineup, I think you can continue to see Chris Jones at defensive end. Uh, and I think it's the right thing to do. Yeah, there's an argument to be made when Frank Clark comes back and he plays one defensive end and Mike Dana plays the other because Mike Dana's playing quite well at the moment. Yeah, kick really well, Chris, yeah. Jones, Chris, Chris Jones back inside, fine. But until Frank Clark is back and firing all cylinders, that might never have come, by the way. You just have to keep Chris Jones at defensive end. You have to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, just having him there is definitely more of a threat than what you would have Alex Hawker for, for sure. Yeah. Like yeah. we're playing Josh Allen on Sunday. Do you, do you really? Oh, saying that Chris Jones isn't very good on the run against the run on the inside either. Is like, Come on, God, I'm dreading Sunday. We're getting to I it. Am, I'm buying. I'm dreading yeah. it. I really am. We will get into it in a bit. But um, let's have a look at some plus sides. Um, obviously, the offense was was clicking, especially Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. They're they're a couple of assassins. Those two aren't they? I mm-hmm. mean, you give them an inch, and they will literally take a mile out of you. <laughs> literally. Um, literally take a mile out. I mean. Tyreek Hill's running on that on that play, that long bomb that uh, Mahomes threw from like, I think it was a 55 yards or something it was, uh, touchdown. And he lofted it high in the air. It, Hill was wide open. He was, just, yeah, he was just left alone, wasn't he? But the route that he made was, yeah. he just had the had the uh, the safety in a spin, really, didn't yeah. he? Like, I don't know what you do. I just don't know what you do. If you're a single high safety and you see Tyreek Hill in the slot, what do you do? Like, as soon as you oh, see him running, as soon as you see him running towards you, like, what do you do? Like, do you just, do you back up, back off, just back off, back off, back off and try and drive on the football once he's in the air. But even then it's probably too much separation to catch up yeah. because Mahomes will put that ball in front of Tyreek Hill away from the defender. Like, do you try and run with Tyreek Hill? Cause that's borderline impossible. I just, I don't know how any defensive coordinator allows there to be a single safety against oh, Tyreek Hill on the slot. I just don't, I, I think as soon as you see, if, you, if you're playing a cover one and that's going to be your defense and you're having that single safety and you see Tyreek Hill in the slot, just take a timeout or <laughs> just take a timeout. <laughs> yeah, burn the timeout. Yeah. Just, just do it. Like as soon as it's four ways, you just take the timeout, burn it. Who cares? Because if Mahomes sees it and yeah. he changes the play to Tyreek Hill, run, enabling him to run at the safety for the first 15 yards and then trying to get him to turn him, then, then it's over and it's over. And like yeah. Mahomes, okay, he knew he had to buy himself a little bit of time, backtrack, backtrack. It was very similar to the throw he, he um, the pass he threw to McCole Hardman against the Ravens last year on Monday Night Football, where yeah. he backtracked and backtracked and backtracked and bought himself time and then managed to loft the ball. It's kind of similar to Wasp, I suppose, in that in, in that aspect too. Yeah. But um, yeah. as soon as they recognise that, the Chiefs are going to go to that because it's going to be the well that keeps on giving because yeah. there's not a single safety in this league that can play cover one against Tyreek Hill in the slot. It's it's just pointless. It is absolutely pointless. And I don't think the Bills are going to make that mistake this Sunday by playing a single high ever. Kelsey had a quiet game. And I'm just wondering now whether they, the Eagles were actually really concentrating on keeping yeah. Kelsey quiet during this. Um, yeah. And again, picking your poison, but mm. they picked the wrong poison there, didn't they? They, did. <laughs> they, they, come with a, they come with a reasonably good game plan because what they thought they can take Kelsey away and then play over the top of the um the other receivers so they thought they could take away the deep threat for Hill which they've done for most of the game whilst yeah. giving Kelsey extra attention underneath and it worked the problem for the Eagles was was the run game was that good for the Chiefs yeah, it was. Yeah, and yeah. the Chiefs were 
destroying the Eagles on the ground. So inevitably, that brought the whole of the Eagles' defense up. And then who does that help? That helps Tyreek Hill. So it yeah. was it was it was just a perfect blend of complementary offense on on Sunday, and it, yeah. it it was basically the blueprint for the Chiefs' offense. Should any team decide to try and take away a the run, b Travis Kelsey or c Tyreek Hill, it, the, the Chiefs have now put defensive coordinators in this impossible to sit, uh, uh, pos- impossible position where they're going to try and choose between one of the three, but all three answers are wrong. Because if you stop the run, you're enabling Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey to go free. You stop Tyreek Hill, you're going to enable Travis Kelsey to eat. You stop Travis Kelsey, the run game's going to eat or Tyreek Hill's going to eat. It's just, yeah. and now we're adding Josh Gordon into the mix as well. Like, <laughs> Josh! I, I just... Ah! <laughs> I just, I just don't know what you do. I seriously do not know what you do. And um, Sunday was probably the quietest five touchdown game we've ever seen from any quarterback ever, but <laughs> they, they were just so efficient on Sunday night. And it was, yeah. it was just beautiful to watch. It really was the way they executed every part of that offense from run game to deep, deep shots. It, um, it was just wonderful. And I, I, I really hope this is going to be the way the chiefs run their offense. Now take what the defense give them and then just make them regret their decisions later down the further down the line. Let's touch on the offense, actually, the offensive line, because uh, this this offensive line seems to be really gelling now, yeah, doesn't let's it? Co- let's do it. Um, let's, let's push the name. Let's push the name. Shall we do it? Yeah. Shall we do it? The <laughs> yeah. Great Barrier Chiefs. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, the run game. I mean, I, that's probably some of the best run game I've seen, especially from the offensive line point of view. Mm-hmm. The blocking that there was on there. I mean, there was some of them on there that, I mean, it was just, it was just sexy. It was just sexy football, really, wasn't it? It was. It was sexy football. It was the 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 everybody knew their assignments. Um, Clyde Edwards Alaire. I'll hold my hands up here. I actually put a tweet out uh, midway through the game where I think we've seen uh, Daryl Williams a few times, and I was going, "Oh, I really like Daryl Williams. He's he's making some gains here. He's he looks a bit more uh, a bit more aware of what's going on with the offensive line." And I put a tweet out right stupidly: Daryl Williams over Ceh. <laughs> Right, Ceh then went off. <laughs> he went completely <laughs> off, and I was like, "This tweet's looking really, really bad now." Yeah. And my in, my notifications was going wild. Yeah, um, right, and so. I don't I don't normally delete tweets. It's not something I do. I normally stand by a lot of the things I said, but I'll hold my hands up. <laughs> I was wrong this time. I was completely wrong, and I was like, "Okay, fair one, guys. I'm going to delete this tweet now." <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, saw, you- I, I was going to say, I saw that Edwards Allaire got quite a lot of stick on, on Sunday night for not finishing some of the runs. And yeah, I, come yeah, on, yeah. it's a bit harsh. Like I saw Daniel Jeremiah tweeted out on, on Sunday night. So if the Chiefs had a more explosive runner, they'd, they'd score a lot more touchdowns on the ground. Like, come on, like, weren't you pretty high on Edwards Allaire joining the Chiefs when he got drafted like 18 months ago? Like there's lots of people that were really high on that addition to the offense, but all of a sudden I want to, poo on it like it's yeah it's, I know. It's, it, he is who he is he's he's a solid runner but the problem is i think the people are still thinking that they want jamal charles like i want jamal charles yeah, yeah of course and we all want jamal charles but how many jamal charles running backs are there like like running backs in the league right yeah. now 
It's not that many, is there? When you can think, there isn't. There there isn't any. No, I was going to say Alvin Kamara, but I don't even think he's he's similar to the closest. He's probably the closest to Jamal Charles, but like that's it. There isn't. There's not many complete running backs in football at the moment. And I like, like, don't get me wrong. I if we had someone like Derek Henry with that offensive line, it would be oh. game over. It would yeah. be game over with the holes that they're creating at the moment. It would be game over. But Kai Debutzelaire was still what, averaging what, like was it like seven yards a run or something like that on on Sunday night. Like yeah. that is more than good enough for the Chiefs. If we can average seven yards a run throughout the season, then we're going to win the Super Bowl. And yeah. I, I just don't get the point of just going oh. And you were clearly guilty of it yourself on Sunday night. Like when Edward Zelaya is having a good game, why are we using that as an excuse to want more from him? Why can't we just say, well, well, well done, Clyde Edward Zelaya. Yeah. You executed yeah, yeah. the offense really well. The O-line created, created all the holes you needed and you went through them. You didn't try second guess. You went through the holes that they created. Well done. Yeah. Let's move on to next week. But no, people like you just always want more, don't you? Always want more. <laughs> I want Jamal Charles. That's what yeah. I want from him. I want Jamal Charles style running. Um, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen, is it? No. But um, yeah, I, I suppose we're in this, in this this time now where as Chiefs fans, we're seeing everything such a, a raise to 11. Everything's to 11 now, isn't it? You know, this offense is just so high powered and we want more and more and more and more and more. We're just not actually sitting back and just savoring the whole thing, the whole, uh, you know, this this amazing offense that we've got. Um, we're totally forgetting about the defense, but that's another thing. Um, but um, the, the other thing I wanted to bring up as well is um, the refs had a bit of a nightmare, I thought, especially on the fumble uh, that they had, <laughs> you know, when the Eagles fumbled it right close to the end zone. Um, and... Yeah, the re- the refs weren't particularly great on that, and I think they missed actually some uh, face masks as well, face mask hold, um, which not too great, not too yeah. great. But the fumble one, I don't, I don't really blame the refs for that one. Do you know, I don't like like they missed the fumble. It is what it is, but yeah. the the refs don't have the benefit of replay, but mm. the Chiefs do. The Chiefs do yeah. have the benefit of replay, and there was an opportunity there for the Chiefs to throw a flag. Um, there is someone upstairs that was watching that that should have called down to Andy Reid and said, stop this, throw the flag. It mm. didn't happen for whatever reason. We saw it last year. Um, I think it was Tyreek Hill against the Broncos where he caught a touchdown that, that wasn't given. And we never threw the flag for that. Someone upstairs missed that one as well. And it's only a small thing. It didn't cost us the game on Sunday. But when, you want, when you're a Super Bowl contending team, everything matters and every little thing matters, including things like that. So it's something that I'm glad's happened early in the season. Maybe the Chiefs are going to go to work on their process now and have a look at the entire thing and see where they can improve because it does need to improve. And if we ever find ourselves in a situation like that again, you'd like to think that the Chiefs are going to be more on the ball. But arguably, we would have thought that after the Tyreek Hill disaster last year against the Broncos. but obviously not the case, but you know, was it once for me once for me twice? And what's like, come on, they, they can't be a third time on this. That's not how the saying goes, yeah. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the same, but I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I've right, got about five different sayings on this show. So far today, <laughs> you've messed them all up. <laughs> I have every single one. <laughs> All right, mate. We'll, uh, we'll take a quick break. And um, when we come back, we'll be discussing the Arrowhead Pride power rankings and we'll be looking ahead to the week five game against the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> 
Hi there, and welcome back to the Great British Chief Show with myself, Brad Simcox, and Tom Childs. Uh, just while we've been chatting, we've seen that Josh Gordon has now been elevated to the 53-man roster for the Chiefs. So it's game on on, on Mon- is it Monday, isn't it? Monday night. Sunday night. Sunday night. Sorry, <laughs> Sunday. Sunday night football. Sunday, Sunday night. night. It's Monday for us. It's Monday morning for us, isn't it? Monday morning, Sunday night. Yes, um, Josh Gordon. He's, he's, he's there already. Office, like, they must be extremely confident in him already oh, yeah. to elevate him. Or it's all a smokescreen and they just want to give the, the bills a little bit more to think about. Like that in itself is worth doing. Like they, yeah. have, they have to now game plan for Josh Gordon, whether he plays or not. They have to game plan. Game plan for it. Go roots. Go, 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 go roots. <laughs> well, all the all the talk is out of the Chiefs, Chiefs themselves is that he's ready to go. He looks yeah. like he's in great shape. Travis Kelsey's been talking him up. Tyron Matthews been talking him up. Patrick Mahomes is talking him up. They're all talking him up. Ian Rappaport had that report on Sunday saying that he was potentially going to be ready to go. And they obviously feel like he is. And it's a huge different, a huge addition to this offense because mm-hmm. we've talked about it multiple times. The third pass catcher in this offense who just, who simply doesn't exist and adding Josh Gordon into the into the mix is just going to make this offense even more fun than it already is. Yeah. I've been trying to keep a lid on this and it's I must admit I'm at, I'm at kind of like fizzing over like I'm bubbling over now yeah. with this uh, the thought that Josh Gordon's going to be on this team. Yeah. The amount of times we've always like looked at Josh Gordon when he was especially when he was like the it was the Browns wasn't he? Um and to see that kind of play on the Chiefs now I, I know he's had the off the field issues and I know he's, he's, he's been in and out of the league more times than enough, but I don't know. I, I just sense that this feels a little bit different this time. He seems a little bit more tuned into this, doesn't he? And I'm probably going to get crucified for this when I say this, but um, he, he does feel like he's really kind of straightened himself out a little bit on this. Um, okay. And it might be the Mahomes effect. To play. Come on, let's not give let's not give Mahomes that much type of credit. Come on, no, that's that's too far. Let's not cheering everybody. Mahomes is this great healer. <laughs> Mahomes just is into a room and just everyone just all addictions just go and everyone just turns to the religion of Patrick Mahomes. Like let's not let's not go into that. Come on, Eddie um, on Brad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but no, but Josh Gordon obviously we've been there multiple times. Not us as uh, the Chiefs fan base, but as football fans with Josh Gordon because we all like to see him. He's he's a phenomenal talent. But what this is his sixth return, seventh return to the NFL. So yeah. hopefully for his sake and not our sake and our entertainment's sake, for his health sake, we hope this is the one the one time where he sticks and he managed to stay on the straight and narrow. And um, if if he does, if he manages to keep himself clean in the league's eyes and he manages to stay in the league and um, perform for the Chiefs, then then great. Okay then. It's the Hourhead Pride Power Rankings, and uh, I've just had a sneak peek at them. And I'm just having a look where the Chiefs are again, and they're seventh now. They've dropped again. Have they dropped? They have. Were they fifth last week? Or sixth. Sixth. And they've dropped again, even though they won. Yep. Mate, what's going on? <laughs> the defence is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, we're not going that's almost like that game. meme that's like that meme where it's like don't know defense it's the defense they they weren't convincing enough had they beaten the Eagles 42-17 42-15 then yeah maybe maybe yeah. the Chiefs 
would have gone up, but they weren't convincing enough. They, the teams above them are slightly more convincing at the moment or have yeah. better records. So, yeah, that seventh is where the Chiefs are at the moment. Like, there's better than some some places rankings. ESPN has them outside the top 10, which is just ludicrous. But, really? um, yeah, but wow. we, we've got them seventh. We've got them seventh. But I think that's fair at this moment in time. They beat the Bills on Sunday night. They're going into the top three. But until they yeah. do that, they're, they're seventh. Well, the team that was in seventh is now number one, Arizona Cardinals. They are. They are. Wow. I mean, yeah. they're, they're unbeaten at the moment, though, aren't they? That's they the are. The, they are the last remaining unbeaten team. They've won from 19th to first in four weeks. Like, that's not bad. Wow. Not bad. I didn't see it coming. I'm not, I I was not a Cardinals believer in the offseason. Like, I was making fun of them because I had them down as like a retirement home for like AJ Green and <laughs> JJ Watt. But it turned out that that was completely wrong and they are playing extremely good football. And to go into LA and batter the Rams how they did they're more than deserving of their number one spot mm-hmm. um, so yeah the Rams have dropped to third from first uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have dropped to quite a bit as well though which is strange considering all the hype that was going on with Brady versus Belichick Brady's coming home all that kind of thing and uh, he, he wins yeah um, and they've dropped again as well so the, but it's like what you're saying there's a lot of teams that are kind of really surpassing everything else at the moment mm-hmm. so there seems to be yeah, like you said, more power to them, I suppose. That yeah. um, they're, they're they're jumping ahead, um, and Packers have moved up as well. Oh no, they've moved down. The Packers. Yeah, it's all about performance. It's all it is, yeah. to do it with is, performance. Yeah. Wow. At the moment, the teams that are performing are going to be the are the highest ranking teams, and two teams performing better than most at the moment: the Buffalo Bills and the Arizona Cardinals. So, rightly deserving their top spots. Yeah, um, and LA Chargers are right behind. Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. We're going to have to watch those, mate. We're really going to have to watch those. Yeah. Right then, that's the uh, power rankings. So, uh, right, we are on to week five against the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills have clearly got vengeance on their mind after Chiefs you, sorry, demolished. Sorry, just to, ho- just to ho- hold it there. Do you Go feel on. a bit of responsibility, like that we are like the switch over for the network from Eagles to Bills? Like we are, we are the middle part of the week. We are responsible from taking the Arrowhead Pride podcast channel from the previous week to the next. Like, who in their right mind give that responsibility to us to? How do we get that gig? I, I don't know. Like, all the other shows get to talk about one game. We get to talk about two. Yeah. <laughs> we get to talk about two games every week. And I just, yeah. I, 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 I don't know about you, but I feel kind of honoured that they just let us move into the Bills, like the biggest game of the season so far across the entire NFL. And yet we're the ones that get to bring it in and start the uh, previews. Do, do you think they know we actually do this? we're not one of them like kind of rogue um (laughs) rogue podcast that just kind of appears out of nowhere yeah exactly we've got the keys to the uh, arrowhead pride computer again haven't we (laughs) keys to a computer what am i on tonight i cannot speak english today (laughs) what is wrong with me (laughs) really really struggling with english tonight mate and you You really i just don't know what's going on Well, going back to what I was saying, uh, obviously the Bills clearly got vengeance on their mind after the Chiefs demolished them in the AFC Championship game, 38-24. Great memories, great memories. Um, Do you you actually know a bit more about the Bills than you do about the Eagles this week, Tom? Because last talking about the switch going from like, you know, one game to the new week, you know, and and last week we were like, we don't know anything about the Eagles. (laughs) We'll be honest. (laughs) 
Um, I do. Funnily enough, I've watched more of the Bills um, yeah. than I have the Eagles. And because they're more exciting to watch, basically. Yeah, pr- pr- pretty much. They are a better team to watch. And like, the Bills have been a good one to watch under Sean McDermott because they've just been a team that, like, this this scrappy ASCE's team that was looking to get into the playoffs. And obviously, we've got those memories of Andy Dalton getting them to the playoffs two or three years ago or four years ago, whenever it was. And everyone was happy for the Bills because they finally made the playoffs. They ended their drought. Then, obviously, we had the Josh Allen versus Deshaun Watson game in the AFC wildcard playoffs, which was massively entertaining and the Bills were unlucky to lose. And they've been this like this team, this happy-go-lucky team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's happy for the Bills. Now I'm not happy for the Bills. Now the Bills <laughs> no, are with no. me because they're too good. Like they they didn't they didn't stay in their lane. They didn't stay in their place. They were meant to be this happy-go-lucky team that everyone loves. And now I look at them and think you guys are going to be the reason why I don't get to watch the Chiefs in multiple Super Bowls in the next <laughs> few years. You are going to be the problem because this team is so so good and people are going to talk about oh they're beating up on bad quarterbacks it doesn't matter who they beat up michael cole it doesn't matter they have just beaten up every single team that have come their way in the last three weeks and they have done it emphatically and for me they just look like the most complete team in the entire nfl i had them actually one number one in the rankings the other guys had the cardinals number one i had the bills as number one and um okay yeah fine i'm happy i'm happy to accept the cardinals are number one that's fine with me but personally the most terrifying team in the nfl right now are the buffalo bills because they are doing it on offense and they are doing it on defense yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, like you said, some people would probably argue that, um, you know, that, that look at the teams they've played. I mean, they played the uh, Dolphins. They actually got beat off the Steelers, didn't they? Yeah. Um, but like you said, you've got, to, you've, you've got to play the team and beat the team that's in front of you. And that, they've done that quite convincingly. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, they seem to be solid in all kind of all phases of the game as yeah. well. Uh, defense. Great defense. Uh, I think they're the number one defense or something close to the top, aren't they? I think they're probably top four. Not just number five. one defense, Brad. They are emulating currently. Okay, it's only four games. They are currently emulating the two thousand Ravens. Like the two thousand wow. Ravens are renowned to being the one of the best defenses of all time. And yeah. I've got some stats for you here. After the first four games in two thousand. The Ravens had a three-on-one record. They allowed 13.8 points a game. They had 10 sacks and they had 10 takeaways. The 2021 Bills, after four games, have a three-on-one record. They allow just 11 points per game. They've posted 12 sacks and they've had 11 takeaways. Like what they are doing at the moment on defense is historic. Yeah, and people might point to the quarterbacks that they've faced. They've faced, what, Tyler Henneke. They've faced uh, Tua slash Jacoby Brissett. And they've faced David Hills, is it? The Texans quarterback? I don't even know his name. Like, <laughs> Sorry, Texans fans. Uh, sorry, bro. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so, sorry, guys. But, um, like, yes, they're playing bad quarterbacks. But, again, they can only beat who they are, have in front of them. Mm-hmm. And they are not only beating them. They are destroying them. Two of those games, they haven't allowed a single point. How does that happen in the 2021 version of the NFL? How do teams post a shutout? It just shouldn't happen. And the Bills have done it twice. They've done it twice in three weeks. And if that doesn't terrify Kansas City fans, especially when you look at the Chiefs defense, which is the polar opposite to the 2021 Bills, then yeah. and you then bring the offenses into the mix as well. It's just for me, it's just 
a terrible, terrible matchup for the Chiefs because the Chiefs are going to have to play a perfect game on Sunday night to beat the Bills. That's the thing as well, because, uh, yeah, obviously the 11 points per game that you said there about the defensive side, but on the offensive side, they, they've got, they're averaging 33.5 points. Yeah. Which so is the same again, as the exactly the same, it was as, the same as the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and, and looking back at the, the previous games that the Chiefs have had, there's what, out of the four games we've had, three of those of the other teams got 30 points or more. Yeah, and the and, and 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 the one that wasn't was twenty nine points. So it, it, you you you're looking at like thirty odd points that you've got to make sure that you get against the Chiefs, but hope that the Chiefs do something crazy like they did um, just recently, where you know they had the um, the, the multiple turnovers, about four turnovers against the Chargers, yeah. wasn't it? Um, and it it's proven it's doable. It's proven it's doable. If you can if you can keep that score up and hit those thirty points. Push even for, I mean, looking at 30 points for the Bills, it, that's easy for the Bills. Looking, yeah, especially looking at this team, defense. Against, this te- uh, they could, against the Chiefs defense. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me if the Bills put up 70 on Sunday. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it really would like, this offense is a kryptonite for the Chiefs because yeah. you can, okay, go back to the AFC Championship game and say, look at the success the Chiefs had. The Bills weren't ready for that game. The Chiefs looked like the team that had been there before. The Bills did not. That's the way that game yeah. played out. But the Bills at the moment look like a, the bigger boy at the moment. They're bigger, better, stronger than the Chiefs pretty much across the board except for one key position, um, yeah. callback. But um, the, the, you look at the, the Bills' offence, they've got Diggs, they've got Samuel, they've got Sanders, they've got Moss, they've got a good offensive line, they've got Josh Allen who can move the ball with his legs, they've got an aggressive coach. It's, for me, they are just the worst possible matchup for this Chiefs defence. Mm. And you know that they're going to go for every single fourth down possible. And I don't yeah. think the Bills feel like they need to win the turnover battle to, build the chi- battle to beat the Chiefs. I just feel like the Bills know that they can just go and score and score and score on the Chiefs. And if they have to score 55 points to beat the Chiefs, then so be it. I think the turnover battle is far more important for the Chiefs than it is the Bills. The Chiefs yeah. need to steal one or two possessions from the Bills. They need splash plays from someone in that defence because if they don't steal possessions from the Bills, this game is going to be over really quickly because while I do trust the offence and I do trust the Chiefs offence to score a lot of points, if I you put a gun to my head right now and said, what defence is going to get a stop, the Bills or the Chiefs? My money will be on the Bills. Yeah. It just would be on the Bills because I feel like they can force a punt or a field goal. But right now, this Chiefs offense, just uh, Chiefs defense simply is not getting off the field. It's just not no. getting off. The, the, the Eagles didn't punt. I don't expect the Bills to punt. The only way they're going to get off the field is via a turnover. And this is where we need someone like Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, Sneed. We need one of these guys to make a play out of structure, out of the ordinary, and put that team on the back. Because if it doesn't happen, the Bills are just going to score, score, and score. And... Yes, I love the Chiefs' offense, but I'm just not too sure they can keep up with them. The other uh, kryptonite, shall we say, um, on the, well, especially for the uh, for the Chiefs' defense is the run game as well, uh, the run D. Um, and looking at the stats here, Buffalo is fifth in the NFL with an average of 145.3 rushing yards per game, which is mad because that's t- totally against what the that's Bills crazy. did last year. Like, yeah. That wasn't the Bills' mo last year. Last year they went spread empty. They hardly use their running backs. They were like, Josh Allen dropped back 50 times, throw the ball. If you want a running play, Josh Allen are running itself. But now they've they've gone, become smarter. They're like the Chiefs offense. They've come a little bit smarter. They get taking what the defense give them. And they've got so many good weapons that they have 
all of their plays open all times. And it's showing if they can rush for 145 yards a game and still score 43, average 33 and a half yard points a game, then that, that's a really dangerous offense, especially against a, a defense like the Chiefs. It makes you wonder, doesn't it? Looking back, especially to the AFC West, uh, the AFC Championship game, where the Bills were still kind of rolling into Arrowhead uh, with, you know, uh, they were still kind of a high-powered offense and they all everybody thought that they were going to be uh, a good match for the Chiefs, but it ended up not being so, really. It was quite a bit of an easy easy process, wasn't it? Um, it makes you wonder, though. I mean, is it is it something that can probably get into Josh Allen's head, maybe? Uh, the the Arrowhead effect, maybe? maybe? I don't know. Um, I mean, the crowds are back as well, which is yeah. a good thing. Um that might be something that might kind of be a bit of a bit of a neutralizer, I suppose, on on Josh Allen's part. But I, I'm like you, I'm I'm quite concerned about this game. I really am it's quite a must concerned win for the Chiefs it. as well. It is Definitely. a must win. Like, yeah. well, if we we drop this game on Sunday, we go to two and three. They go to four and one. Plus, they've got the game over on us. Like that's that's a hefty lead that, lead that they're going to have already. And mm. look at their division; they're going to be able to beat up on their division all year. They're like it's terrible. Where we're going to have some really hard divisional games coming up. If the, if yeah. the Bills win on Sunday, like for me, that they're, they're a shoe in for the number one seed in the AFC. So this is this is a must win game for the Chiefs. Back to your point about will the occasion be too big for Josh Allen? Maybe it will. Maybe mm. the pressure of Arrowhead, maybe the pressure of being able to call themselves ASC favourites might get to him like he did in, in January. Like they, they yeah. it did. That the occasion was far too big for the Buffalo Bills in January. But they look like they've evolved from then. They look like a much stronger team. They look like they know they look similar to the 2019 Chiefs, if we're being honest. Where yeah. they come out yeah. of a disappointing ASC championship game and they've come out on a mission. And that's who they remind me of. And I'm hoping, I'm kind of hoping that they're not the 2019 Chiefs, but right now they're kind of playing like it a little bit. Yeah, they're, they're, they're playing like literally with no fear at the minute. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. All right, then, should we go on to ones to watch? Should you want me to go first on this? Go for it. I'm going to go Stefan Diggs. He scares the life out of me. And especially <laughs> it, the, the the thing that gets me is, is like you just mentioned there, the 2019 Chiefs. Stefan Diggs, there was a picture of him watching the celebrations going off, wasn't he, on the field? And he was the last yeah. guy on the field, wasn't he? Yeah. Hand on hips, and he was looking at what was going on, taking it all in. That scares the hell out of me because we're now back at this point now where we're facing the Bills again. Yeah, He's going to have that in his mind, and he's going to make sure that he's going to want to have a, a, a dominant game in this. And especially with the, the way that these defensive backs are going at the moment with the Chiefs, I can see him having a real kind of hand in this game for sure. Yeah, he's a, he's the chain mover in the on the offense, isn't he? Oh he's, yeah, he's he's ridiculous. Like he's top yeah. three wide receiver. He he's consistently in that top three group. He's he's just just great. <laughs> like it's the he only way life, to describe him. He does, he's, he does. he's just great. And um, like in a t- in a game that's going to be full of great pass catches, he is as deserving as the rest of them when, he, when it comes to accolades. So yeah, I, that's an interesting take on the whole watching the celebrations afterwards. I, that's not something I'd actually given a thought. And I'd be interested to see how many people actually have that point going forward and ha- if it, whether it gets brought up on Sunday in the broadcast or not. But yeah, like standing there watching that thinking, Mike, this, I'm going to be back here. I want revenge against yeah. this team. Maybe it depends uh, if you're, you're hot on that kind of thing, then maybe it, that hasn't holds some substance, substance, but for a lot of people, it won't. Um, my one to watch for the Buffalo Bills is Josh Allen. Um, Josh Allen. It is yeah. Josh Allen. I, I thought he had a terrible week one. Well, he, he, 
there's no thinking about it. He was terrible week one. He looked like Josh Allen of old, but this last couple of weeks, they managed to sit him a couple of times and bring out Mitch Trubisky. That's how well he's been playing. Um, my, a mindset thing more so, because the talent's there. He's good enough to yeah. beat this Chiefs defence. He, he, he just eats. He, he can put the ball exactly where he wants it. He can run. He can beat this Chiefs defence anywhere he wants. It's just his mind. He lost his head a little yeah. bit in the last game. Do you remember he threw the ball at Alex Okafor, wouldn't he, after the sack? Um, oh God, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> that kicked off an absolute riot afterwards. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> maybe if Josh if Josh Allen's head's right, then that's something to fear for sure for the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which Josh Allen are we going to get in this game? I think it's yeah. the uh, the thing there, isn't it for sure? Um, for the Chiefs, I'm going to try and redeem myself here, and I'm going to go with Ceh. You've got to watch him. <laughs> from what I actually saw from that run game against the Eagles, I'm really excited about this uh, this offensive line. Um, the Great Barrier Chiefs, um, and and just seeing how Ceh can operate on this, and it, it, it'd be interesting to see as well, actually, how Darrell Williams is incorporated into it as well, because he seemed to have gotten a few more touches. He got about, I think he got about ten touches last time, didn't he? Last time out, and I think Ceh got about fourteen. Um, so they're kind of balancing it out a little bit, but Ceh, I think he's, I think he gets it with this all line now. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing if he can do it against a really good defense. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited to see this O line against the defensive line of the Buffalo Bills because yeah. they've invested a lot into that defensive line. Um, they threw a lot of bodies at it this off season and got come up with their best eight or nine guys. I think they watched the Super Bowl and thought, right, this is the way we need to beat the Chiefs. We need to get home with four. We simply yeah. simply had, but also the Chiefs watched the Super Bowl as well and improved the offensive line. So that would be a great battle. That really mm-hmm. stout. Uh, Bills defensive line versus this Chiefs really good run blocking offensive line that that should be one to watch for me the Chiefs it all comes down to splash play defenders I've brought it up about four or five times already this podcast splash play defenders are going to be the difference maker on this Chiefs defense so I'm looking at you Tyrone Matthew my old friend my old friend like Tyrone Matthew if he he can make a play or two force an inception or, or, or maybe two of them force fumble or something then um, the Chiefs win this game. But I, I feel like if we don't get that big play from someone like Tyron Matthew, then the Chiefs aren't going to win. Right. Predictions, mate. I'll go first. Okay. I'm actually going for a Chiefs loss on this, but a very close one. Okay. I'm going 38-36 to the Bills, and it's a shootout. Oh. oh. There's so many points. <laughs> but not as many points as I'm going to say. Oh, God. <laughs> so... <laughs> You, I don't, I don't think you were a fan back then. But in 2008, the, the Bills come into uh, Arrowhead and absolutely went on a riot against the, the Chiefs team. and scored 54 points. <laughs> um, long, long time ago, and I think that could probably happen this Sunday. Really? Yeah, oh. I just don't trust this Chiefs defense at all. And I think the Bills know that they're going to have to score a lot of points, so they're not going to let up, and it's just going to be a a score fest. I really hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to say the Bills score 54 points and the Chiefs are going to get something like 41. I, I do. Really? I just... I, it's like the Rams game. Yeah, but not not in a good way. At least the Rams game will be close. I just don't think this game is going to be close. <laughs> I just don't. And I really hope I'm wrong, but I just... I Some people are taking positives out of the defensive performance on Sunday and I just don't see them. I don't see it. I, I I just look at this that Sunday's game and think the Eagles just bottled it. I really yeah. do think the Eagles bottled it. And any competent side would have put the Chiefs to the sword on Sunday, but they just 
didn't manage to do it. And I, I feel like the Bills are more than competent. And if Jalen Hurts can do that to the Chiefs defence, then Lord knows what Josh Allen and that offensive unit in Buffalo can do to them. And I don't feel feel like the occasion is going to be too good, uh, too big for them. I feel like mentally the Bills are in a far better position than the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs are going to get theirs. Of course they are. Josh, Josh Gordon coming into the mix. That's- is going to be brilliant for the Chiefs offense. They're going to score a hatful of points. The problem is on the other side, they are just not going to get the stops necessary. And until we see that they can stop even bad offenses, I just don't trust that they're going to be able to stop the elite ones. There's there's certain games on this schedule right now that I'm just dreading. The Bills, the Packers and the Cowboys, those three games, I just don't see how we stop those teams right now. And until they prove to me that they can stop them, Unfortunately, against the big, high-powered offences, we have at least competent defences. I'm probably going to go with the other team. It's definitely one of the most important games, I suppose, of the season. This one, isn't it? For yeah. sure. Um, just to uh, just before we go, I just wanted to say that the um, a nice little stat here: the Chiefs have won six of the previous seven meetings against the Bills, including right. two two straight back to back. So that's Maybe. not bad. That's that's pretty good. I mean, you know, history's on our side, I suppose. <laughs> Let's say you that. Argue, you could argue law of averages says that they're going to win on Sunday. So, <laughs> <two guys looking. laughs> so we're, we're not confident. We're not confident to win either of us. But um, obviously, you guys in Chiefs, King, Chiefs Kingdom, let us know what you think as well on uh, the Arrowhead Pride Twitter page. Uh, right, that's all we've got time for this week. Sadly, uh, Tom and I are here every Wednesday during the 2021 season. And remember, you can also listen to more Chiefs-related content here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But all that's left to say here is, from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon. <laughs>